Good morning, everybody. Oh, it is uh, great to be with you this morning. I am just trying to get myself organized because I have notes all over the place. So uh, I would love to get us started off, and um, we're going to read this morning's passage. And uh, if you don't have your Bible with you, I believe it's on page 1201 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't want to get that, then you know what, I've got it on the screen anyway. So let's go ahead and put that on up, Cindy, and um, I'm going to read that. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. It says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. That is, not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Um, if you don't mind, I'd love to uh, again pray. I know you just had a great time of worship and of prayer, but uh, um, Bible uh, tells us we ask, so I'm going to ask. Lord, um, thank you for uh, the opportunity we have to gather. Thank you for the worship that we have already participated in, and I pray that our time together will be worshipful and that your Holy Spirit speaks. Lord, would you um, help me to put into practice what I'm trying to share today? And help me to be wise and to keep my mouth closed when my words won't contribute. And so, Father, as we dig in to this book and we look at wisdom lived out, uh, Lord, would you challenge us? And uh, where there's conviction, bring conviction. And where we can um, find joy in the midst of what we hear and read, may we find that because it's all centered in you. So, Lord, I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, according to James, in this passage, we are either uh, living on earthly uh, an earthly wisdom or a wisdom from above. And wisdom is lived out in, in two different ways. But before we unpack those, um, what these two lifestyles look like, I wanted to share with you a few gems that I ran across uh, in my study uh, for today. First is a mom's list. Her name's Charlotte Johnston. And uh, she wrote this article. It appeared in Family Circle. No, I don't normally read Family Circle. But, you know, when you're looking for um, illustrations and things, um, you'll take them wherever you can get them. Um, and uh, it's her list of wise life lessons that she passed on to her kids um, who have left home and are out on their own. And it's entitled Mom's Survival Tips. 
So I'm just going to rifle through these. You'll see them up there. But um, number one, don't sweat every mistake or faux pas. They make up for the things you got away with that nobody knows about. Avoid marrying anyone who deliberately flushes the toilet when you're taking a shower. When someone tells you uh, that what he's about to say is for your own good, expect the worst. Number four, the value of a dog is its constant reminder of how much fun it is to be idiotic. Number five, if you are lavishly praised, enjoy the taste, but don't swallow it whole. Number six, when a politician says, let me make something perfectly clear, remember that he usually won't. Number seven, your children may leave home, but their stuff will be in your attic and basement forever. In my house, it's in my garage. Um, We have a three-car garage just for my kids' junk. Um, Number eight, if someone says, I know what I mean, but I just can't put it into words, he doesn't know what he means. Number nine, two people cannot operate a TV remote control in the same room at the same time. And number 10, don't waste time trying to be your own best friend. You can't pat yourself on the back, and it's unsatisfying to cry on your own shoulder. Find a friend instead. Now, I thought that was a pretty humorous uh, list that has a lot of keen insights, and I also liked a, a few of these anonymous quotes as well. Wisdom is the quality that keeps you from getting into situations where you need it. Think about that for a second, okay? Just let that kind of sink on in. Or this one, um, a wise man learns from the experience of others. An ordinary man learns by his own experiences. A fool learns by nobody's experience. That saying reminded me of uh, when we went through the book of Proverbs in the Bible Project last year. It was uh, about 15 months ago, uh, and in our roadmap, uh, when we were studying the book of Proverbs, it said this, the book of Proverbs is not good advice. It is God's invitation to learn wisdom from previous generations. I like that. The book of Proverbs is a guide for living well in God's world. It gives practical suggestions for effective living. Charles Spurgeon wrote this quote about wisdom. Wisdom is a beauty of life that can only be produced by God's workmanship in us. Again, let that kind of sink in. Wisdom is the beauty of life that can only be produced by God's workmanship in us. As we dive into this passage, um, right after James's instructions on the taming of the tongue in the first 12 verses, uh, he jumps into the mind and the heart with these next verses. A key to right talk is right thought. And one commentator wrote this, the tongue is contained in a cage of teeth and lips, but it still escapes. It is not intelligence that keeps a lock on that cage. It's wisdom. 
So James starts our passage off this morning by asking a very important question. Who is wise and understanding among you? It's pretty profound. He's asking, he's laying it right out there. How do you know who to believe or who to follow? James contends that wisdom is not about educational credentials or position or charisma. Wisdom is about how we live. It's knowledge that's applied. That's what that Hebrew word means. It's how we live. Throughout the the first uh, three, two and a half, first two chapters and half of chapter three, James is continually coming back about doing. You say you have faith, show me. Now those works or those deeds don't save us. There's nothing we can do to rescue ourselves or to save ourselves. There's nothing. But what James has been building and trying to show is they are the fruit that we are following Christ. I mean, we just cannot be people who just can, we just exist. That's not what Christianity is about. It's about being transformed into the image of Jesus. And so James challenges, and he continues challenging. He just finished talking about the tongue. And now he's talking about our minds and our hearts. James shows us how wisdom is lived out in two distinct and different ways. And I'm going to call these uh, different wisdoms, and and that's why I titled it Wisdom Lived Out, because guess what? You're going to fall into one of two camps. I know some of us think you either have wisdom or you don't have wisdom. Well, even by not having wisdom, you're living in this other camp that thinks it has wisdom according to the world. And so as we look at this, we're going to be looking at, at these two kinds of wisdom. And, and I'm, going to tie, I'm, I'm looking at them as worldly or human on the one hand. In our Bibles, it says earthly, but if I use that earthly, then when I go back and I, I talk about what earthly means, then I don't want to confuse you. So I'm just going to say uh, on one side, one group is living by wisdom according to the world, or human standards, and the other side is living according to heaven or divine standards. Our our passage talks about from above. One instance it says, oh, that wisdom's not from above. And then as we look and dig in in a little bit, it's going to say, but the wisdom that's from above is this and 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 this. So in our time, I'm going to just share with you um, three different things. And you know what? This is going to be kind of hard to take notes. That's why I want to tell you up front. Um, I'm going to go and talk about the marks of these different two wisdoms. I'm going to talk about the the characteristics of these two different wisdoms. And I'm going to talk about the results because each of them have different results. And 
And if it was easy, it'd be easy to just do everything with one and then do everything with the other. But I'm going to try and go right with the text. He jumps in and out. So as you can see on your screen, with worldly or human or earthly wisdom, it's in verses 14, 15, and 16. But when it talks about heavenly or divine or wisdom from above, it starts it in verse 13, and then it closes it in verses 17 and 18. So um, in some cases, I'm going to talk about here's the marks uh, of the worldly and then the marks of the heavenly. And then in other cases, I'll, I'll twist it and I'll go, here's the characteristics of the heavenly and then the characteristics of the worldly. You get what I'm saying? Okay. I just want to make sure because, you know, I have a habit of, of losing people. So uh, that's just where we're at. Um, James lists two specific marks of someone who is wise. And so if we look at verse 13, it says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Someone who has heavenly or divine wisdom is someone who exhibits one good behavior or good conduct and uh, has the idea of changing or returning to the truth. James is saying that, that a wise person is someone whose life is changing in accordance to or with the truth of God's word. Again, I, I love talking about our, our, our vision statement at our church. We exist to glorify God by making disciples. And then we have these two, uh, I, I, don't, I don't see how a, a place can have one without the other. By unconditionally accepting people where they are while encouraging a transforming life in Christ. You can't have one without the other. Otherwise, you have a whole bunch of legalists. Hey, you can't be in here. You're not like us. Or you have a whole group that says, hey, it doesn't matter. Just come on in. You stay. We'll accept you how you are, and you can even stay there for all we care. No, it's not like that. They both go together. That's what the Christian life is all about. It's changing in accordance with the truth of God's word. It's being challenged in, in our relationships when we're talking with fellow believers. It's in the Bible studies that are going on here. It's even in our monk groups as we're talking and getting together about certain things and, and then all of a sudden we're talking about some real life issues, spiritual things, asking for prayer requests. So, uh, James isn't messing around here. So, it, it's, it's this good behavior or good conduct. But another mark of true wisdom is works in meekness or gentle deeds. Some of your uh, Bible translations might have, if you still have your New American Standard. Gentleness or meekness were looked at as strength under control. I know I've shared this before. We hear the word meek and we associate it with weak. It just doesn't sound manly, at least to men. Maybe to women it's kind of, hey, that's really cool. But to men it's like, no, no. I don't want to be, hey, be known as meek. You know, a doormat. All the negative connotations that come with that. But you know that Jesus Christ was described as being gentle and meek? And when we look at what that word really means, strength under control, meekness meant 
in this day that uh, bringing a high-spirited horse under control. The spirit and the strength of the horse weren't lost. They were just harnessed. So when you think about somebody who is gentle, somebody who is meek, men, we should be aspiring to be men like that. Women need men like that. And so that's a challenge to take all this strength, all this power, and get it under control, under the control of the Holy Spirit's. Now, from marks of heavenly wisdom, James transitions to the marks of worldly wisdom. So follow along with me as I look at verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Bitter jealousy. Some translations also have it as envy. If you have a New King James or an NIV. Some people confuse jealousy with its evil twin, envy. What's the difference? I I loved what I found here. Envy begins with empty hands and mourns for what it does not have. But jealousy begins with full hands but is threatened by the thought of losing what it possesses. Now, these evil twins, you know, when we look at that, that's marks of a worldly wisdom. I I wish I could stand up here in front of you and tell you that, oh, wow, yeah, I know a lot of people who struggle with that, and I do. But I wish I could tell you I don't struggle with that because I can't. Because... When I have empty hands, it's, there's times when my flesh, I'm just mourning for what I don't have. And if I dwell on that, and if I just focus on what I don't have, then that envy grows, and it builds. And, and on the other side of this two-headed coin, evil twin, jealousy begins, I've had my hands full. And, and then it's kind of like, oh, what happens? Uh-oh, whoa, whoa. what if I lose it? We've had a number of people here in this church who have shared with me that they were uh, millionaires. And then they lost it. I'm not going to s- debate whether uh, um, God took it from them or they just in their Um, worldly wisdom lost it. Could be a combination of both. I don't know. But I've talked with a number of people who just like, man, I was so worried about losing it. And then they did anyway. And guess what? Some people could then just go really bitter and angry at God. God, why'd you allow this to happen? But I've known others who've come back and, and are walking even closer with God much closer because they learned through experience, applied knowledge, okay, I'm not going to repeat that mistake again. And so I I love how that is um, explained and described 
for the differences. But another mark is selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. And you know what? We get the idea here. Um, if, if we go to, uh, the Apostle Paul struggled with this. In Philippians chapter one, verses 15 and 17, and I put that up here, he writes this. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. Paul's in prison at this time, and this is when he's writing to the church in Philippi. And he says, the latter do it out of love, those who are doing it from goodwill, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. They do it out of love because they know I'm in prison, I can't be with them, but they're doing it because they love the Lord and they love you guys. But then look what he says in verse 17. The former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Paul's writing and saying, yeah, these people, they're, they're proclaiming Christ, all right, but boy, their motives are so selfish. They're trying to see how they can climb the ladder of notoriety. We see that today too, right? I mean, take your, your work environment. It happens all the time. You get backstabbed, right? You get cut. You do a good job. You, you work as unto the Lord, and yet there are some people that are still, man, they cannot stand the fact that you have, they're envious. And so it goes. So those are the marks of worldly wisdom. Now, characteristics of worldly wisdom. Looking at verses 14 and 15, it says, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So I've, I've, I've listed all those out for us. The characteristics of, of worldly wisdom. One, is someone who boasts, or uh, other translations, someone who's arrogant. They're just going to let everybody know how great they are. And at the same time, probably be spouting things like, oh, it's so hard to be humble. Right? That song, when you're perfect in every way. Right? But, but those are characteristics of worldly wisdom that James highlights. Or how about those who are false to the truth? Uh, another way of saying that, easier to understand, deny the truth. They're just going to deny it. They, they, again, relative, right? What's true for you is true for you. It doesn't have to be true for me. So they, they just completely deny absolute truth and we're seeing the results of that mindset over the last couple decades earthly man earthly uh, you know th this one is it's it's really a a weird kind of word, and that's why, you know, at first I was going to say, yeah, that's the characteristic of an earthly wisdom, but then it's described right here, and you just kind of go, uh, it's, it's, it's weird. 
but it's, it means that earthly wisdom means we don't look to God. We're not looking to a divine source. We've got our wisdom right here amongst the, the great thinkers of our day, the great philosophers of our day, and so they just have an earthly wisdom, a horizontal wisdom, not a vertical, okay? So that's what earthly is conveying here. And that's why in the days when Paul would write and, and some of the other apostles, and, and you know, they, they, the philosophers, man, the Gnostics and the Stoics, they, all, they just loved debating back and forth. That's all they would do. And they just thought that's the greatest thing in the world. Okay, see you tomorrow, guys, and you know, we'll pick it up with some other topic kind of thing. I mean, what a waste of time. But that's earthly wisdom. Now, I love what Nick's doing with reasonable faith. That's not earthly wisdom. Because he's helping to challenge our minds to think vertically. So that then we can reach out horizontally. Because no matter what wisdom people are living in, we're still called to be in relationship. So don't hear me thinking that, oh, we're going to stay over in our camp and, and no, we're not going to do it. No, 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 no. We're to train our minds. We're to equip ourselves so that we can be in that camp. I mean, isn't that what Jesus did? He modeled that for us. He took all kinds of criticism from the religious good people because he wasn't hanging out with them. He was hanging out with the sinners, the people who didn't have heavenly wisdom yet, but who were about to be encountered by the one who created wisdom. It also says it's unspiritual or natural or soulish. It, it, it just means this, this whole idea that it's like, okay, uh, you know, some people, you know, they, they um, uh, whatever faith they may believe in, there's a spirituality to it. Even uh, people who, um, you know, we would think as New Agers, right, who kind of think of all kinds of uh, crazy things. Um, sorry if anybody's in here wrestling with that. Love to talk to you afterwards, okay? Uh, I'm not trying to put that down. Um, but, you know, uh, people who are, are pantheists and they'll pray to, you know, the projector because God is in everything and they'll pray to the light bulb and they'll pray to, you know, the chair and, and, and just kind of things like that, right? Um, this person is, is unspiritual, uh, natural, meaning they have no um, concept of that vertical relationship with the divine God. And finally, the characteristic, the last characteristic that's found there in, in verse 15, it says, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and actually even demonic. It's of the devil. And so, you know, um, when people are struggling and they're trying to decide what they do and they don't have any kind of relationship with Jesus Christ, guess what? That's when the enemy comes on in and just starts doing his work been doing it ever since the Garden of Eden. Oh, you can eat that fruit. Oh, 
No. No. God, God doesn't want you to do that because then you'll be just like him. And he twists things. His whole goal is to take as many people down with him. And here's the crazy thing. He knows the truth. I mean, you can't say he doesn't know the truth. He knows it. And yet he is still such a person with these characteristics that he is just, it doesn't matter. I want everybody else to miss out on this incredible gift that God has offered each and every one of us. Well, the characteristics of uh, uh, heavenly wisdom found in verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure. Then it's peaceable, gentle, open to reason, uh, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. First is pure. Um, in, in verse 17, uh, it's of first importance. I can't tell you about the rest of the list, if it's important or not, uh, about the order, but I can tell you that when Scripture says, but the wisdom from above is first, there's an emphasis there. There's an importance there. This isn't by accident that that word pure is put first. The word means freedom from defilement. Without Contamination. It's clean. It suggests not only moral cleanliness, but also purity of motive. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. He meant that the pure in heart will know God so intimately that they will see him come to their rescue when tempted or come alongside as their closest friend when facing trials. Purity clears our vision to see him at work in everything we do. If... if uh, the Holy Spirit stepping on any toes. Just understand this. My feet are, are on fire right now. And I'm not kidding. I mean, purity. Wow, how, how easy is it to just kind of go along? Oh, yeah, that's okay. It's pretty good. No. God doesn't desire pretty good. He gave his best. He desires us to give our best. He knows we're going to stumble. He knows we're going to fail. That's not the issue. The issue is, are we desiring purity? The next one is peaceable. And when wisdom from above fills our hearts, a peaceable nature blossoms. One that helps heal relationships rather than tear them apart. As I continue to go through these characteristics, um, feel free to even just check me out and, like, tune me out, I should say. Check me out. <laughs> Bad word. Um, tune me out if God is saying, I want you to focus on this right now. 
You don't have to listen to anything else. So as we go through this list of purity, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, reasonable, full of mercy, full of good fruits, impartial, sincerity, someone who's without hypocrisy, I don't care if you follow along with me if God's dealing in your heart. And if he is, I'm going to just encourage you, don't ignore it. Um, the next one's gentle. And... Uh, One commentator, Matthew Arnold, called it sweet reasonableness. And it's the ability to extend to others the kindly consideration we wish to receive ourselves. Reasonable. Or open to reason, as I have on our list. Um, That word gentle is really written for those in places of authority over others. The one that I just read. Reasonable, on the other hand, is uh, especially fitting for those who are under someone else's authority. So with these two words, you have someone who's over others and he's instructed, encouraged to be gentle. And in the very next word, you have somebody who is under someone and, and he is a, a characteristic of them, hopefully, is that uh, they're reasonable. They're not just demanding their own ways. And then full of mercy and good fruits. The natural wisdom we inherit from our sin nature infuses us with cynicism and harshness, right? I mean, man, I I don't know about you guys, but there are times when I'm just very cynical. I'm very hard. And unfortunately, uh, it stems from I'm cynical about myself or I'm hard on myself. And then if I'm not taking care of that quickly with the Lord... I can't believe how fast that just spreads onto other relationships within my family, within this church, within my relationships outside of here. And so I tell you, it it starts with me. And that's why I've got to take care of those things on a quick basis. That's why I want to encourage and challenge you. Take care of those things. If God's dealing in your heart, do it now. Don't say, oh, yeah, I'll wait and I'll do it when I get home. No, you won't. You won't. Otherwise, why have you been carrying it for as long as you have? Um, you know, it, it, just confession, it pains me when I know that I am the cause for uh, disunity or I'm the cause for somebody um, uh, breaking fellowship and I have been that cause and uh, uh, I've tried on most occasions I wish I could say all but I've tried on most occasions to take care of that but there's been some times when just the sin in my life it's like nope I'm just too stubborn, and I'm not going to do it, or at least for that time period. 
And so what's really hard is when you find out that you've done that and you didn't even realize that you did it. You know? And then you find out by someone else, by a third party, or you find out from some, you know, letter. Time period later. So again, I'm, I'm getting hit big time here. Uh, the next one's uh, full of mercy and, and full of good fruits. Natural wisdom, I said we inherit that from our sin nature, but mercy is a compassionate attitude. So I want you to think of mercy. It's a compassionate attitude, whereas good fruits are actions that naturally flow from mercy. Mercy is a compassionate attitude, and, and good fruits are the actions that flow from mercy. The next word, uh, uh, unwavering or impartial. The original term means a person of fixed principles. Unwavering believers faithfully adhere to the principles of God's word regardless of the circumstances. I don't know about you, but I've been guilty. I've allowed my circumstances to dictate the actions I'm going to take instead of relying on God, instead of staying connected to him, I've panicked, I've gotten fearful, and I'm like, oh no, what am I going to do? And so what do I do? I go right into that worldly wisdom. I ask God, but then I'm, I'm impatient to hear his, his answer. Can you relate to that? It's like, oh, oh I, I don't know. Somebody who's unwavering they faithfully adhere to the principles of God's word. And they don't let their circumstances move them. I, I want to have that characteristic. And finally, they're without hypocrisy. True wisdom is never two-faced or deceptive. It is completely and simply um, honest. And uh, as I wrap things up, uh, results of worldly wisdom. It's found in, in verse 16. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, we just saw that a few verses earlier, it says there will be disorder and every vile practice. See, someone who, who lives out worldly wisdom, they are involved in disorder. It's chaos. It just is. They think they can keep it all together, but they can't. And to define every vile practice, I'm just going to let your mind go wild on that. And I'm going to tell you, yes, whatever you're thinking, that is included. Every vile practice. That's a result. It's chaos to the nth degree. But results of a worldly wisdom, they don't even come close when we look at the results of a heavenly wisdom. In verse 18 it says, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The results, a harvest of righteousness. Man, you get to sow, oh, it's incredible. We, we get to reap this, this 
this, all this fruit of righteousness if we've been living according to heavenly wisdom. And it says we get to sow in peace and also we get to make peace. We're not contentious. Things don't rattle us. We can be the calm for other people's storms. And again, not that um, other people should be relying on us or depending on us. They should be depending on Christ. But it's Christ living through us who is giving us this kind of peace that attracts others to us. And then when we have the opportunity, guess what? That's when we get to share. It's about the gospel. It's about who Jesus is and what he has done and what he desires for you. If we don't have those opportunities, something's wrong. And now this is where I guess I put on my boots. Something's wrong with us if we're not having these opportunities. Because maybe we're living this heavenly wisdom incognito. Maybe we're trying to like, well, you know, I don't want to beat people over the head with the Bible, and particularly if you've got a Bible like mine, you know, that fell in the water and swelled up huge, you know, I mean, you could really hurt somebody with this thing. But no, we're never called to beat anybody up over the head with our Bibles or with our words. But you know what? A result of heavenly wisdom is we get to make peace. We get to bring encouragement. And because of those things, wow, there's this harvest of righteousness. Three questions I I put up here on on the board. Um, One, which wisdom have you been living out? Now, I know we all want to kind of do, ah, I've been doing the heavenly wisdom. That's fantastic. I honestly could say, I wish that every hand would be able to say they're doing that. But I also know that in a group this large, that's not realistic. That's not honest. And so then I say, are you satisfied where you are? You know, when you talk to people uh, and you ask them, hey, you know, where do you see yourself? Well, you know what? I'm not as bad as Hitler and I'm not as good as Mother Teresa. So I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Right? I mean, don't you hear that all, all the time? Or think of whoever in your culture you think of somebody who's, who's like, oh man, I, I can never attain to that. I think of a Billy Graham. Though he would hate that if he were still alive. He would hate that. It's like, no. Christ. And then we think about all, you know, the most heinous individuals uh, of activities that have been done. And so a majority of people say, ah, yeah, hey, I'm okay, I'm right, I'm right there. I hope after today you are not satisfied at all. I hope God is working in your hearts to say, no, I love you too much to just kind of stay where you are. What steps will you take to change? Listen. I know it's, it's, it's like, it's so simple, it seems, you know, like, why even mention it? But I mention it because it's true. Get in the Word. Get in the Word on a consistent basis. 
Spend time praying. It's just talking to God. Not so you can have your wish list granted, but so that you can start spending time with him so he can talk to you and let you know, man, this is what's on my heart. Are you good with that? Because, man, I, I want nothing but the best for you. Spend time with them. Spend time with people outside of here on Sunday mornings. It's so easy to come on. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I feel sometimes, I, listen, I'm just telling you right up front. I feel so, like, bleh, with myself. At times, I'm like, hey, good morning. And, and I'm running here and there. And it's like, I'm, I'm kind of like going, oh, my goodness, I feel so phony. I feel so fake. Like, hey, all right, how you doing? I love to talk, but I can't, but we'll do it another time. You know, I hate that. So I try to like be intentional as best I can and I still fail. Thank you for those of you who are gracious when you come on up and want to talk to me or ask for prayer and then you wait. Thank you. Because I, I do want to get to you, but I don't want to just blow somebody off so I can get to you so I can blow you off so I can get to somebody else. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Again, heavenly wisdom. You don't need any earthly wisdom. God's not in the business of giving that. He's into the vertical. He's leaving us to do the horizontal. Finally, what's the Holy Spirit urging you to do? With that, I'm going to ask if you'll pray with me, and I'm going to invite the worship team on up. Lord, thank you so much for uh, your word. Um, I've got to tell you, Lord, it, it hurts. And, um, but I'm thankful. It's a good hurt. Because, Lord, I don't want to cruise I don't want to stay the same. Lord, I, I, I just don't. And I pray that that can be true of each person here today. So may we look to you in your word through your Holy Spirit and may we take steps to not settle So, Lord, I pray that you would ignite our hearts to be people who want, who desire the wisdom from above. We're tired of living out our wisdom by the world's standards. We love you, Lord, and we're so grateful for your love for us. May we forever be changed each and every day. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.